Hello there everyone and welcome back to a Premier League podcast, the Pretty Bubbles podcast. How are we doing fellas? We all happy from last night? Cut your ears! We are staying up, see we are staying up. I had a very shitty bum about 7.45 last night and by 10 past 8 we were we were a Premier League team. What a story. How good was that first half? <laughs> this we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more about a game of a game of two halves because yeah. uh, it was very much so that. Um, but let's, let's let's just go to initial thoughts of the game without going too much into detail. Um, so three one against well, what was a very poor Watford outfit for the first forty five minutes. Can't complain. Boys done the job. Um, what does your take on the game? Mig, let's go to you. Yeah, I think you can't really complain so much, can you? I mean, it's you've blown away in the first ten minutes, and from there, that they weren't really coming back, and that third goal sort of killed it off a bit as a contest. I know the second half was nowhere near as good as the first, but I think you can understand that. And to be fair, I think the boys played really well, and I'm just so relieved. I think that's the overriding emotion. Yeah, James. Yeah, relief is a, a big factor. I just when that when the first goal went in, like I think it just released that tension because we was all nervous. Everyone kind of I know one goal for West Ham is never enough, but when that first goal went in and I saw that it was Antonio that scored it, I was just thinking, right, this guy he's on so much fire at the moment. I just I just have complete belief in our team that we're not going to foul and collapse. At the moment, it's just something about the team. Uh, there seems to be some sort of um, connectivity between them all at the moment. I can, you can just the, the transformation from that first game at Wolves to now is literally night and day. And um, there's a few. Obviously, we'll talk about the players as we go on later on. But there's a few players that are obviously important for that reason. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just really, 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 really happy with how how it all went in the end, over the moon. Jamie? Uh, t- to be honest, I was optimistic going into it. I, I wasn't, I keep saying it, I saw everyone on social media that was really worried for this game. And I was slightly, but I don't, no, 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 look, stop moaning. But everyone on my social media was act, acting nervously and I wasn't that bad. I was nervous, but I wasn't, I wasn't like paralytically worried, like, thinking this is going to make or break it. And end of the day, the first 10 minutes killed it off. I think the game couldn't have started much better overall. Like, I actually don't think we played that well the whole game, if you want, honestly. I don't even think, okay, we dominated the first half. I still think Watford had phases in that first half. Um, Look, the three goals are really decent goals. The first one is decent finish by Antonio. Foster jumps over it. We'll come on to the goals in a minute. Just initial thought, Joe. Well, I was just explaining. Like I just think it was overall, uh, the performance was not great. We get the result, though. That's all that matters in, in this kind of nature of the game. Performance at, didn't really matter as much as we got that result. And look, we've won. We're safe. Even though Daryl... Say is we're still not mathematics. So. <laughs> I think we're not my over. Like my feeling going into the game wasn't. I was nervous, but not worried. If that makes sense. So I'm. I'm always nervous before like a big game, but I still had some confidence as well. As I said, like I predicted a three-one win, 
I mean, nailed it. First of all, thank you very much. Um, but like, I had the confidence in we in the few days before we've been creating a lot of chances, and I had a bit of confidence that we'd carry that into the game as as much confidence as you can ever really have in a West Ham side. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I was very nervous about. I think the result on Thursday night sort of took the real nerves away from us a little bit because yeah. the draw for Villa, that late Theo goal, um, really did settle it. You get one result now and it's it's, it's pretty much done. If Villa, had, if Villa would have won, it would have been a much more nerve-wracking game, I think. Um, but you've got to give the boys credit. I thought first half we were... Jay thinks the performance weren't all that first half. First half we were phenomenal. Every time we got the ball, it looked dangerous. Every time. Um, and I've got some... I've, I've, I want to talk about a player in a little while and we'll come on to him in a bit. Um, for nows. Um, I've got, it's a bit, I've got some positives and some negatives against him, but I thought he was very good at, at times last night. Ogbonna, second half was incredible. Se- all right, the one mistake for the goal, absolutely phenomenal second half. The boys, you've got to give, you've got to give that first half performance so much praise for Moyes. And I hate praising him. I hate it. But he's got them boys ready and ready to go for that first half performance. That that could have easily have been the other way round. That we could have come out like Watford. And Watford, I know. For, I think the fir- first ball there was a a, um, a diagonal oh, in, within the first minutes, and I think Sars sort of drifting the back. You think there, you think, wow, we don't look up for it. But from that point on, we dominated for forty-five minutes. And I know Sars looked like causing problems, and he was he was very good. He was their best player by a mile. We have to give the boys so much credit for that first half performance. Yeah, the point I was more making was, yes, we were 3-0 up, uh, up, but it's also, they had a couple of chances. If they score that header just before half-time, I think it's different. I just think they had chances that first half. Um, I, 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 I agree with you, but when you're down that low in the table and in a game like that, you're always going to concede chances. I don't, dominant. I, I, I I think we were good, but I don't think we were dominant. I think we were a better team first half. But I think three 0 flattered us. I really think three 0 flattered us at half time. I, I, I disagree, but that's just, that's how it yeah, is. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I kind of um, every time I was, was watching the game, I just thought Watford had nothing in their first half. It was just all us. I thought, um, but. Um, Regarding the second half, I was expecting them to sort of come out a little bit stronger because, you know, at the end of the day, they're fighting for their survival. So, they've obviously had a bit of a kick up the arse at half-time. We've took our foot off, which is expected. Freeing it up, you can afford to do that a little bit. Um, Bryce even said in his interview, we need to stop doing that, though. Uh, They need to address that because against, obviously, a team that's a bit more, um, you know, more better, full stop, they're going to punish you for it. So they do need to stop sort of letting teams back into the games. Um, but I thought that, uh, well, that Saar, frightening, what a player he is. We, we, I felt like we dealt with him very well. But I think, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but I think Ogbonna covered Cresswell's arse a lot. And I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that. And then I'll put another thing out there. There was one player that covered everyone's ass every time that ball went, ball went over the top. 
Ben Johnson. Yeah. Fire. What a right performance <laughs> that was by that lad. And we'll move on. James, you were bang on. Ogbonna was phenomenal um, uh, covering around Cresswell. But every time Ogbonna done it, Ben Johnson was in covering around again. And that for, I think that's his second performance, second league appearance for the club. Yeah. And he's only 20 years old. That is pretty much the, the most complete right-back performance we've had as a West Ham player for donkey's years. The best thing he did is you said it there. Every time the ball came in from our left-hand side, their right, he was getting in to that position. So you, your full-back's gone over. So Creswell's gone over to sort of try and get to the to the crosser. Your centre-half shift over a little bit. And Johnson was always there in the right position to sweep up anything that came over. And the other thing is he was uh, he's he looks pretty quick. He's good with a ball at his feet. He was covering him in the right positions and he was also pretty good in the air as well. So I think the only thing he can probably add a bit more of is a bit more going forward. Um, yeah, I'd confidence like, probably, isn't it? It's probably there was a it couple is. of occasions when he gave the ball away. Um, I, I didn't see much of his crossing, but I think overall you can't you can't complain too much. Oh, I think it was a great performance from him. Exactly. And for big big point, big times of that game, um, the majority of it, it was up against, and it, well, we can call him that because he is an England international. He's, he's done well. He's done well for England, Danny Welbeck, and he's. I think he's kept Danny Welbeck quiet for, well, ninety minutes. Ninety minutes of that. There was one one point in the first half where we went down and took a knock on his knee. Geezer's cutting in, just nicks, picks a ball up off him, off he goes, and we break. In one performance, I'll take him over Fredericks. Every day, he, he stopped crosses. He didn't let he didn't let Welbeck get on top of him, and then it, and that allowed Bowen to be your outlet. Because he was so defensively sound, Bowen, that first half, every time Bowen got it, was so dangerous. Yeah, he's, and dangerous, ben, he's a dangerous lad anyway, and he? Them two can get a partnership going. Because I've now played Johnson for the rest of the season. I know Fredericks has done a job, but this is a perfect time to give Johnson appearances mm. and to get Premier League football. So you, yeah. you look at Johnson playing against United and against Villa. I know, I know you're defending Johnson. The other thing I will say is, they were always going to use the other side, though, as their main outlet. Because I want to Cresswell. come on to Cresswell. I do no, want to come to Cresswell. I know we're all slagging off Cresswell, but it's like, let's be honest, Cresswell had the hardest job last night because yeah, they, he had the, the toughest player to come up against. End of the day, it's Saar had an OK game. None of the goals came from Ismail Saar. So, like, Saar, OK, created chances, but end of the day, but, I don't think Cresswell was as bad as people said. Look, that, he no, I don't think Cresswell, Cresswell actually had probably one of his better games yesterday, but so, he still wasn't I'm, as good as I'm, he could have been. I'm in I the middle of the pair of Cresswell, a lot of people get on his back. I don't think Cresswell was actually that bad last night. I'm in the middle of the pair of He had good points, but he, he had bad points as well. Again, every time Saar got the ball wide, he weren't close enough. To someone like that, you have to be touch tight or you have to give yourself more time. But... He weren't, he weren't doing anything. He was, he was so far off. Every time he got it, crosses were coming in the box. There was one cross, I think it was quite late, from Saar. That he stood six, seven yards off him and just let it whip the ball in. You can't afford Premier League teams to do this. And it was lucky at the time Deeney weren't on the pitch. Because if Deeney's on, that's a different situation you're in. You, you can't allow to, allow to do it. And every time he also got it, unless he was putting balls in behind down the side, he was just pinging balls up to no one. He's either... Lost all his confidence, or he's not good enough for the Premier League anymore. Because to me, he's just he's he's the weak link in that side right now. And every team we've seen it. Wolves done it with Traore. Newcastle done it with St. Maximum. They've done it with Star. They just attack him. And Mason Greenwood, if it's Aaron Cresswell, Mason Greenwood's going to have an absolute field day. 
he's going to have a field day against him. I, I, I think people are... I, I would agree it's our most needed position of improvement with centre midfield because, look, as much as I like Rice or Suchek, I still think we need more depth there. But as a starter, yes, we need a new left-back. But I think at the moment, this team shouldn't really be changed. The whole team is right now... You wouldn't change it for the rest... Because I wouldn't have... I'd have, still have Cresswell over Arthur. Yeah, that, that's... That, I've never uh, put Arthur in my team. He's absolutely... Cresswell for me isn't good enough anymore. I will give praise, though, to Fornells for about 15 minutes before half-time. He was the better defender of the two. He picked the ball up four times in our half, defending. Now, you've got to give him some sort of praise for that. And I don't really know how good he was offensively. But... I can, I'll take that performance if he's going to work Cresswell out. Any, anyone got any thoughts on... Me, you got any thoughts on Final's performance? Uh, I think overall it was one of his better games, especially since the restart. Um, he seemed to be picking up the ball in some more dangerous areas. Uh, he played the ball through for Antonio's goal. Uh, he obviously took a big deflection, but there's not really um, much. It looked like it was going to be a good ball anyway. It just took the little nick off the defender. And I think he, he was sort of working a bit harder than I've seen him recently in terms of tracking back as well. Uh, I think he it's a tough job on that side, as we've said, when you've got Saar bombing down the right wing. And I think he was helping Creswell out as much as he could. As the game went on, he was sort of picking the ball up less and less. And But I think that was a sign of the whole team, really. We were We were sitting back deep a lot. And just letting them come onto us, so we we saw a lot less of the ball as it went on. So, but I think overall, I'd probably say it's his probably his strongest performance since the restart. Maybe, maybe the Newcastle game, he, he I'd put maybe on a similar level. Um, but I think overall, yeah, you can't really complain too much. For a guy, for a guy that's playing out of position these since restart, that's a good point. Like, gotta remember, he is a, a can, not a left winger. Um, he didn't do bad. Like it's so unnatural for him to play that role, and I think he was decent last night. Like that, um, get got an assist in he for the Antonio goal. But yeah, I, I I wouldn't start him there long term. If Anderson's back, I'd definitely put Anderson in. But yeah, he I think he was really good last night. I just thought. I would right. see start Anderson. I, I would mind seeing Anderson for now. Bowen as that. Three pronged in behind, behind. Yeah. Haller. Yeah. I would go Antonio and Haller up top. I'd like to see because they had that one game against Southampton at home last uh, before we yeah, went they did well together. They were decent together, and they're both physically strong players, but also very different, which I like, and I think they could work. And Once. I think that would potentially. I think we saw it a bit last night as well, um, because even when Haller came on, he came on for four nails, didn't he? And we had, I mean, I know Antonio shifted out to the left at that point, but we had occasions where you can get that ball forward. You can trust both of them to be able to win it in the air. And there was a couple of occasions when Haller flicks it on and Antonio's then picking up the second ball on the left-hand side. So I think you can, you can definitely play them two up top together. And I think that would be a good combination. And defenders would not like that front two to defend against. Oh, no. Do you know what yes. I thought? God, I was excited when you spoke about four nails yet. Go I was going to say, um, do you know what was quite weird about four nails' performance yesterday? Is he kind of went a little bit unnoticed, but when he did stuff, like what what he did yesterday wasn't particularly that bad. 
Like he sort of sort of existed on the pitch at one at one point. I didn't realise he was playing, but when he but like like Jamie did, did a little job helping Cresswell. He did a little get little job um, being involved in Antonio's first goal. He got just sort of just appeared at the right places yesterday, but didn't really. He wasn't the dominant person. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't the one the commentator was always saying four nows. Every time he got, he didn't really realise he was playing, but he just sort of snuck around like a little ninja yesterday. Maybe that's that's his little forte. Maybe that's what he just needs to keep on doing, just sort of go around being the one that's not noticed. But um, he's quite influential, you know. Um, but it kind of segued into Haller that you was talking about. What uh, imagine if he just scored that on his first touch? Tell you what, what a save as well. Like, I think Foster has done really well there. And it just it just needed a tiny bit more power on it, didn't it? And that, oh yeah, what an impact that would have been. Because I make Foster at fault for at least the um, Antonio goal. Yeah, it was. It's weird because he started to come out for it, didn't he? He thought he was going to get there, then it's gone wide, and he's sort of stuck in no man's land, and he's trying to backtrack as Antonio's hit it. The best thing Antonio has done there is hit it first time, first time. because he yeah. couldn't set himself. And then at that point, his legs are too far apart. He's not set properly and he just couldn't. Get yeah, the only thing is, no one thinks Antonio's going to hit that with his left foot apart yeah. from Antonio. So he's not, as you say, he's not set. But still, when you're in a box like that and someone like Antonio, who's better at hitting things without thinking, you've yeah. got to always be ready. I don't, I don't even think Antonio thought he was going to hit that with his left foot. <laughs> Great yeah. stuff. Uh, to be fair, the other thing I will say is he probably helped they put it straight at Foster. I think if it's either like a yard either side, he it can kick it out. It's just that it's that awkward like line where it's like, how am I meant to get my legs there? So it was it was unlucky for Foster, but yeah, he should do better. Let's let's move on to the second goal and um, typical uh, Thomas Suchek uh, uh, goal from what we've seen. So you mean Marouane Fellaini? Mar- ball. Suchek. We'll call him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that ball in from Bowen is an absolute peach. And they, they covered it. They covered it quite a lot. On um, are we surprised uh, Bowen's delivery? No, not at all. And I think Gary Neville covered it, and they were talking about it in the studio as well. Like that was an absolute mismatch. And the best thing is, Suchek's picked that ball up about thirty-five yards from goal in the first place, and played a ball out. Um, I think it was four nails towards the left. It switched over to the right, and as soon as Suchek's played that pass he's then making that run towards the back stick and at that point you're up against um Firmino wasn't it at right back and he's five six inches taller there is no contest there he's going to win that header every day of the week I think the other thing I liked about it was the second he made that run if you see it he points at Rice and says drop in I'm making that run the communication was so good there that they seem to be understanding when Suchet's going to be making those late bursting runs. It's not just he's going to go up and then Rice is caught out of position. They what? have communication there. This is the f- perfect time for you to praise your favourite manager. No. <laughs> go on, Dale. No. Go on, do it. While, I'm, while, while we're on Zuchek, um, and I, I, said it in a, I said it in the comments, huge boys, last night. All game... My, my dad pointed it out pretty early, so I, I sort of watched it from after that. He was the actual one doing a lot of the marshalling. As you said there, Jay, he's the one that's, he's the one that's uh, said to Rice about his going. He, him and Rice were non-stop in there yesterday. And you know, Noble does his role, and Noble's fantastic at that role. But those two in that holding role marshalled everything. And if 
I'd have obviously Rice for me is my captain now. That's that's he, he should be the captain of the team, especially if he stays next year. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against Suchet being captain either. He just seems to be a leader. Everything he'd done was perfect. He was talking to Cresso, he was talking to Fornells. Just marshalling the midfield was yeah. perfect. Perfect. It's, for all, it's almost it's almost like he's bringing his international experience into the team, isn't he? Got to remember, he's played Champions League. He's played yeah. football. He's played international football. Like for someone like that to come in, and yeah, I will great. praise him, and I hate praising him, but two brilliant signings by Moyes because those two have kept us up. Yeah, right, Antonio's got the goals, but those two—the difference in those two—with um, the team has been fantastic. And you know what? I want to praise. Go on, sorry, Jamie. I was going to say, like, we're all talking about Antonio since Restart scored the most goals. Bowen's got the most assistance project restart in the whole league, like. Bowen's just been well, like not world class. Like he's no, just I mean, been different class for us. But he's shown world class performance. If he was playing at United, the commentators would not stop talking about him. So you've got to look at it like that. Um, so yeah, yes, he's shown great form. And um, I was thinking, with regards to like players like Bowen, like they, he's got so much hunger, and he doesn't seem to have that sort of. Um, he doesn't seem to be phased by. Uh, who he's up against. So I think when we play teams like Chelsea and maybe teams like United, I don't think his performance is going to ever get dropped just through being a bigger, you know, a bigger uh, occasion. I think he just, he likes having that. He's got that energy, speed and delivery that we've been missing for a long time. It reminds me of a little bit like a sort of like delivery like Trevor Sinclair used to have. Um, I think with uh, what I'm excited about now, now that he is kind of established and made that position his own, we have got if we keep hold of Yarmolenko and we don't sell him, we've got him and we've got Snodgrass, three people there with sensational deliveries, all left footers as well. What is the chances? It's so strange, but so that that just tells me that our left wing. Our right wing, sorry, is sorted. We really, really, really need to focus on our left winger. Um, at least, or if we get Dean Garner back, I'll be a little bit more relaxed about that. You say that. I think Anderson and Dean Garner have got that position. I think yeah. them to get next. I rate Anderson so highly. He's just had a bad year. I, I think I'll, he's got to come back strong next season. A good yeah. pre-season. And he... I'd give him another year. Definitely. Definitely give him another year. I think he deserves another year because... Um, you know, like the, the lucky thing about Anderson is you can see, you can see the potential that he's got. He's got, he's probably, arguably, one of the most skillful players in the team. Definitely, he's got that flair, that Brazilian flair, and you can see it. He just doesn't ever show it. And I think patience is going to wear very, very, very thin. I'm him. gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. And now, what you said is bang on. There's a surprise you're going to disagree. (laughs) No, you're bang on. You're absolutely spot on. But with the flair side of things, for me, he's such a... um, uh, I can't think of it. But him in a relegation battle is not someone that you really want around. Okay? Because he's he's not your fighter. He's not your rice. He's not your Bowen who's going to keep going. But when last year when we were like 10th, he looked phenomenal because he's got yeah. all his freedom to go and play football. When you're in a relegation battle, 
you don't want people doing flicks and tricks and nutmegs because we're, we're, we're in a battle. But when, when you're flying, say we get off to a good season, uh, good start next season, and, and we're 10th and we're flying, he'll, he'll just be able to just slot back into Anderson mode and just start taking people on. Yeah, I get what you're saying there, and I, I agree with what you mean. Um, but at, I, the start, at the start of the year, when we went, we were off, obviously off to a good start, he had a great start against Watford. He tore Watford apart at Vicarage Road this year. Like you've, that's the way, that's why I think of him. I'd rather have a Bowen and a Snodgrass in this situation. But yeah. when you're pushing up the league, you want Anderson because he'll just so, take the out of people. So Ad, Anderson's fine. I I just I just think that we need to. He's one of them players that you need to sort of judge how you're doing as a team to whether you start him or not. Because I but think the second the second you sell him, you're kind of going back into that losing ambition as a club. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm That's not necessarily saying, saying sell him, but I wouldn't be against it because I do think that we've. It's just for our club. We need players that want to graft. We need Antonio's. Again, just I, again, I'm a little bit against that as well because it's the ambition side of things. Yeah, we've been we we want the ambition. We've been told that the the dream is to push up the table, and if you get rid of him, as Jay just said, you're back in this. Oh yes, yeah, I'd rather have a Snodgrass. No, I wouldn't rather have a Snodgrass. I'd rather have an Anderson because Anderson. Yeah, but he has. Yeah, but he has been here for a year. This is I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. You're, uh, looking, at, you're looking at this year, right? Think of his performance last year. Everyone was raving by him, and it's only his second year. Yeah. Last year we were all moaning about at the start. I oh, don't track back. You don't do this. Uh, most ta- most tackles uh, by a West Ham player last year won, and then he got the assists and the goals. We want players like Anderson. We want players like Bowen. We want players like Yarmolenko who have but, that magic. Right for your benefit. Because you two seem to be licking his ass out at the moment, I'll give him, him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for till Christmas. If he don't sort it out, I want him gone. There you go. Sorry, Mister Moyes. Fuck. <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> Another thing I will say is that I'll defend Moyes on. He put a comment in the media which would typically be looked down upon by a lot of fans. I actually thought it was quite a. Because obviously he put a comment out saying, I don't want to be making promises. I just want to be giving results. And a lot of people were like, well, that's such a stupid comment. But actually I felt, especially as a West Ham fan who recently has just been promised stuff with the new stadium. I'm so happy Moyes made a comment like that. Of He's not guaranteeing it's going to be pretty. He's not guaranteeing that we're going to be in Europe tomorrow. He's telling you, show a little bit of dedication get behind me, he's kind of saying, Get like, give me a chance and I will hopefully give us an opportunity to grow as a side. Yeah. I'm spot on with you there, Jay, because after Burnley, we were all like, oh, I hate him, I want him out. He's come back, he's got back-to-back wins. No, no, you wanted him out, Dow. Everyone wanted him out and don't say, don't say he didn't. I know what you mean. We've got, back-to-back, we've got back-to-back wins. We're in... A better position now than we were three or four weeks ago as a team. Last night, the thing that, thing that really done me last night was as soon as Declan scored, and we'll come on to that goal in a minute, that sensational goal, he ran straight to Moyes. Um, a lot of the players really like Moyes. Um, Noble likes Moyes as well. And Noble was obviously that um, that role between manager and team. Um, so you've got to give him praise for what he does and the signings. So... Maybe another transfer window, if he can pick up another couple of good players. And I know we haven't got a lot of money and there will be some um, some players leaving. 
we're stopping us playing like this all next year. We, yeah, we, no, I agree. We, dropped, we haven't lost to a team in the bottom six this year, which is... That's like if you're, like you're in a relegation battle, that is insanely good to not lose to a team around you because that is where points, that's where you get put into trouble when you're losing to, to, by teams around you. And that's how you progress the table because yeah. the teams at the, the top six, they're the ones that never lose around the teams, to the teams well, around them. So. You've got to give him praise, and I will, and I hate doing that, but you have to give him some praise. The other thing I looked at, in the, against the top 10 this season, we've only picked up seven points all season against top 10 teams. Sit for them against Chelsea. Like I know we've still got Man U to play, but like that's that isn't a great record, I must say. No, like, and I, I never have you know when when West Ham played in the past and we've been and we've grown up watching West Ham, I was all, I always worry about the Watford games. Like it was last night, I was more worried about Watford than I'm United. But that's the way we've been brought up. We always seem to play better against the big teams. Where this year it's been different. You're you're playing better against those smaller teams, which which helps you out in situations like that. But you still need to go and pick up points against the better teams around you, like your Newcastles, your your Wolves, your Sheffield United. So a bit like Sheffield United, however great season they've had, we should be looking to beat Sheffield United and Burnley and teams like that. That's where we need to improve for me, and that will come. All right? And the good thing is, you haven't got a three month gap from end of season to the start of season to really lose that that team focus again. It's a month, little month break. They go in, have, they'll have already come back in, ready to go again. Which hopefully, if we get two good results now, will be really raring to go for the start of the season. Let's move on to Declan. What a goal! One of the best strikes I've seen in a long time. Um, Wasn't bad, was it? Ah, and I love listening to him talk after after the game. The way he's he's just so down to earth about everything. He's just like he's just one of the lads, which is fantastic. Um, That'll probably win goal of the season as well. What the West Ham goal of the season? Yeah, because we probably. actually haven't had many really decent goals this season. That's probably the best. Probably. Um, I, I, I my dad said it because I watched it with my old man last night, and initially I disagreed with him, but I do think he's got a point. Foster can go for it, like at least try. Not sure he saves it, but for him to just stand there, no, I, think I, I, think, there. I think he's been he's he's just not ready for him to hit it. I know that's, that's poor goalkeeping anyway. Mm. But he's how, how often do you see Rice hit it from that far out? I think he's just hit it, he's caught him off guard, and from that point on you ain't moving. Yeah. You ain't moving. Think, Matt, Matt's our keeper. What's your thoughts on it, Matt? We'll come back to you, James. It looked a bit I said this last night. It looked a bit strange. Like, I can't quite figure... Because it wasn't one of those that was, like, right in the top corner, right in the side netting. It sort of hit the net about a third half the way up the back of the net in the corner, not in the side netting. He set it out a bit, and it's come back in a bit, but it just felt like he should have... He might not have saved it. He might not have done. But it felt like one of the ones you should be going for because there's a chance. I, I just couldn't quite figure out... Like you'd have to ask him because maybe he thinks it's going wide. Maybe he just thinks it's too far away. But it, it something about it just didn't look right. And I can't quite put my finger on it. And I think if he went for it, he might have been able to get it. But at the same time, fantastic strike. Um, it, it whipped and dipped a bit. And I think it was Moyes in the post-match interview was asked about it. And he said that he, we know he's capable of that. He does it in training. But he just he's often not get in a position to have those sorts of sh- shots. But with Sushek and Noble, there's more of an option for him to get forward a bit more. 
um, because those three can always sort of just rotate as a three. One can push forward and the other two can sit. And it also sort of brings me back, not to get too off topic, to the whole debate of should he be a central midfielder or should he be a central defender? I think if he's got that in the locker, I know he's a fantastic defender, but if he's got that in his locker, then why why would you have him as a centre-back? Yeah. Completely agree. I thought yeah. he was phenomenal again last night in every aspect. Yeah, he, he uh, there was a, there was a chance. It was in the second half. Um, I can't, who's there? Who's Watford's? I think it might have been uh, Welbeck, actually. He picked up the ball and he I think he got past one of our players and he was almost breaking into the edge of the box. And Rice did his typical, put his leg in and swiped it from him. Typical Declan Rice tackle. And I was like, that right there is what all of the top six teams have or want in their side, which gives them that sort of level above everyone else. They've all got that player. Now, that's why it's so important for us to keep him. And we need to, we just need to make sure. I think that we're going to give him. We're going to give him the captaincy. Hopefully, I'm praying. And that year, he'll enjoy his last year at West Ham. If he goes, he's joy. He'll enjoy his last year at West Ham. He'll he'll put everything into it. He'll it'll be the best player in his standard that he can be next year. I think he will step up even more. He's he's improving every game. I think still, and he's just gonna he's he's gonna learn his other traits like uh, Mig said. With the uh, the shooting, he's going to work on these other parts of his game that show everyone else this guy is a complete midfielder. He's a Steven Gerrard for us, and that's that's what we've not we've not had for such a long time. What what worries me with with Rice and uh, the board at the moment because the but you keep hearing rumours about us uh, about the board wanting to sell on and move yeah. on. Now, we owe the board apparently quite a lot of money still. What worries me this year is that we get quite a big uh, bid in for Declan, like 50, 50 60 mil, maybe something like that, and they're just going to take it. Um, now, it's hard not to take something like that, but surely if you're looking to progress and, uh, and push on, you want to keep these players? We really does worry me that we will not have him next year. Especially English players. I, I don't think he goes this summer because I'll keep seeing people saying, Oh, let's enjoy it while it lasts this season. Now I'm like, look, there's only one club who are potentially going to sign him this summer, and I don't think that that's a key position for them to improve. And that's Chelsea. I don't I, think Chelsea can afford him. I think that's why they're offering a load of players. I, I look at Chelsea and they're like, oh, we'll sell Kovacic and we'll sell Kante, and I'm like, why would you sell Kante for Declan Rice? Kante's massively better. Like Kovacic, yeah. uh, not Kovacic. Sorry, and Golo Kante is Kante is a great player, but you he's the massively. Best He's the yeah, best. He's the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best yeah, he's superb. Yeah, he's superb. But yeah. I just thought you just put our little man down there, man. No, no, no. He's West Ham yeah. podcast. Near, near as good as Kante. I, I, I'll stick by that. I mean, um, it'll be eventually. Potentially. Potentially. But, but not now. Yeah. yeah but right. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. But that's that's the point. Are they going to sign him and make him a centre-half? Yeah, yeah, that's the worry more than anything. But I, I don't think he'll leave this summer. Next summer, potentially, depending on how our season is over yeah. time. But I, 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 and also with COVID, I think COVID actually potentially helped us. There's, few, there's as much money 
there's around. a few factors that I think that that will be brought in that make him leave. One, he, he's not enjoying his football anymore, and two, if Southgate says to him, "Look, mate, if you want to be part of this England squad and be part of the first, not the squad because he's too good to not be in the squad, but be part of this first team and the England squad, uh, England team, you're going to need to step up and go to a big club." And if that doesn't happen, then I think we'll be fine. Because if he enjoys his football, I think he'll be happy being, you know, well. And, and, and we sort of back that up with uh, with playing well next year. You know, we're competing a little bit more, middle of the table, maybe even have a, a freakish off-season, a bit like what Sheffield United have done this year. Just something like that. Because we've got more talent than Sheffield United. Absolutely. And we're not maybe not quite as good as Leicester. And we're maybe not quite as good as Wolves, but I can't see why we can't be up there with them because they're not miles ahead of us. I think their squad their, their, their squad probably is, and I think maybe their team management might be. But when you look at the talent like Bowen and Rice and Antonio and Sushek and people like that, I think we've got it. We just need to just maybe tweak certain areas, and I think we'll be there. I don't know whether it's just me being optimistic, but I honestly do believe that. No, I think, uh, to be fair, that's, I think a lot of West Ham fans do agree that the squad is actually pretty well set. Like, the squad isn't a bad, bad squad. Like, you look at it, we've scored the most goals outside of the typical top six, Leicester and Wolves. But the problem is we've conceded the most that aren't the teams in a relegation zone. That's where the real improvement's got to be done. And it's quite... That's... I, I think there's a good squad to build around. And I, I know this won't go... Unless you can get Deitch in, you keep Moyes. I think Moyes could do something. We'll see. We'll see. It's interesting. I'm, we're ruling a lot better frame of mind now than he was four or five weeks ago uh, yeah. with Moyes. But I think um problem problem you've got with Moyes, um, say we play six games at the start of next season and we're back in this same situation, the fans will not be happy again. Um, totally agree with you there. That's where we need to... Um, People give Pellegrini a little bit more leeway because it's it was Pellegrini where they won't do it with Moyes. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right there. Moyes will be easily one of the first people out the door if yeah, he does. Yeah, he's he's got to hit the ground running. So um, let's move on. Um, we're going to play the famous uh, famous Carlos Tevez goal at Old Trafford um, from 2007, 06-07 uh, season. It was 05. Uh, to be fair, no, we stayed up that year like this 06, year. So it's, was, 0506 was the FA Cup final year. It was oh, year after that. Was. Yeah. Uh, going to play the famous t- Carlos Tevez goal uh, as we were still technically not safe, not mathematically safe, because still in the relegation battle. We're going to play that goal and then we'll come back and talk about United. Certainly, I think that Marlon Airwood's pace and power will make a big difference to the way that they can actually transfer from back to front. Tevez, Zamora, and Tevez scores! It was bound to be him! It was Carlos Tevez is man on the spot yet again. What a great finish. Not great defending from Man United. Van der Sar, he comes and he decides to stay. And once he does that, it gives the initiative to Tevez. But what a fantastic finish. Seven goals for Carlos Tevez, all since the beginning of March. OK, that was the uh, Carlos Tevez goal. Matt has just said he's got a quick uh, little question for everyone about the relegation battle. So, Matt, lead the way. Yeah, so I think now that we're... Not quite safe, but 
as good as safe as we can be without actually being mathematically safe. Um, who do we all think the two teams are that are going to go down with Norwich? So the teams that are in the battle still are Bournemouth, um, Aston Villa and Watford, really. Um, so if I just go through the fixtures to come for both all these sides. So Bournemouth have got Southampton at home tomorrow. And then on the last day of the season, they're away at Everton. And Aston Villa have got Arsenal at home. And then obviously they come to us on the last day of the season. And then last but not least, Watford have got Man City at home on Tuesday. And then they, um, on the last game of the season, they're away at Arsenal. So they've got a couple of tough games. So who do we all think? Who did, who did Bournemouth have again? Southampton and then Everton. And what's the point? Is it Three points between all three, yeah. Yeah, goal difference is literally two two goals in it. So like a one nil win either team yeah. at some level. Watford, okay. Watford minus twenty three, Bournemouth minus twenty five, Villa minus twenty seven. Yeah. After that performance that Bournemouth put in against City, I'm a little bit more in their camp. Yeah. Um, and I think they've got technically the easier of the runnings, even though Southampton are playing quite well at the moment. Yeah, that's also a bit of a it's a bit of a South Coast derby as well, isn't it? They've got the better of the run-ins, um, and but I just I just don't see them scoring a lot of goals. I really hope Watford go down, and their running is horrendous. Um, their running's bad, but Villa. Well, you never know what Arsenal's going to turn up for one, and they've both got to play Arsenal, and then you never know what West Ham's going to turn up and Villa got us. So I, I'm I am going gonna go with these are the two that are gonna go down. I'm gonna go with Villa and Watford. Same here. I'm going for that as well. I think Bournemouth are gonna be sneaky little ninjas and get out of this. What's you what's with you and ninjas today? That's twice you put up ninjas. I just like the little phrase, sneaky little ninja. I, I think I think they're gonna be Eddie Howe is gonna be make this by the skin of his teeth. Uh, uh, and keep I, his job over it. I'm going to go. I think Bournemouth stay up, but I think Watford all they need is one point. So it would. I think Villa are down personally, um, unless they absolutely dick us on the last game of the season, which let's be honest wouldn't surprise me. I think Villa beat us now. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree because we're safe. I'd love us to go and win. But it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. I, I reckon, right, this is what I think is going to happen. Watford are going to capitulate. Bournemouth are going to win. But Villa are going to win as well and then go down on goal difference. Very specific shout. I love it. Interesting. What, what about you, Mig, as you, you asked the question? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? And it, I think that last day is going to be very interesting at both ends of the table as well. So you've still got the relegation battle and you've got the top four to go because um, completely aside to that, you've got Leicester Man U on the last day of the season, which is basically a straight shootout for the Champions League spot. Every um, so, time on TV as well. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. Um, but personally, I think I think I'm going to go Villa and Watford as well. I. It's strange because we were all saying like two weeks ago, Bournemouth are dead. They've got nothing. They're absolutely screwed. And now we're all yeah, here saying bad, we think they're going to stay up. But 
like as you say, the last couple of performances they smashed Leicester, and I know Leicester were down to ten men for a bit of the game, but they just played terribly. They still got beaten though, haven't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, for exactly. Some, for a team that's in this position that were looking dead and buried, they've still got to find that passion from somewhere, and they did. So yeah, credit where it's due. I think Bournemouth might have struggled against Southampton because I think Southampton are still in a good side and playing well, and Danny Ings is just scoring goals at the moment. Um, but I think they go and beat Everton on the last day of the season, uh, which is a big game. And I just I can't see Watford getting any more points now. Like Man City, I know they've got the FA Cup to think about and Europe to think about still. Um, well, they've but, got a huge squad that's better than pretty much everyone's in the league. Exactly. They could play a complete second string 11 and still beat Watford, I think. I think, I think the thing that didn't help Watford um, and uh, is Arsenal beating Liverpool. Because if Arsenal had lost to Liverpool... They've basically been out of not being able to get in that top seven. But yeah. now can still go for that top seven. It is reasonable they get there. They're going to really go for the league. How, how does Europe work this year? Where, uh, where does, where's the line stop? Uh, it's the top seven. Uh, yeah. Unless Arsenal win the FA Cup, all the other teams are in Europe, so it just drops to seventh place. Yeah. So Arsenal have got a couple of chances, but their most realistic is potentially coming seventh because they've obviously got Arsenal tonight in the FA Cup. City tonight in the FA Cup. Sorry, yeah, they are. <laughs> Think with City and what people were saying about their Europe run and the FA Cup. As as we said, they've got such a massive squad, but with the European uh, journey they've got as well, he's not going to want to rest players for too long because you then start losing the match fitness, and they're all in this sort of bubble at the moment of playing weekly and, and maybe twice a week. So you'll see him change a lot of players, but he's not going to be resting your Sterling's your your De Bruyne's every game. So one of one of their last two games, you're gonna, you've got to expect their full, pretty much full strength side to be out. And even if they're not, like Ben uh, Foden's playing, Phil Foden's playing incredibly well at the moment, and players like that. So whichever whichever City team turn up, you ain't gonna be, you ain't gonna think, oh, we can we can beat these today. Yeah, if you think their second string eleven includes Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez, you're thinking, yeah, they're probably quite good. And then you've got like both Silvers, De Bruyne are. Jesus, I mean, it's just the names just real off. And like, they the hell? Take them all off and use the new five sub rule to just yeah, bring exactly. Let's go on to their city rivals, um, Manchester United. Um, what a segue! Ah, oh, it's great, wasn't it? I'm getting good at this hosting, my uh, love. Yeah, I'm getting good at it finally. Um, they're, they're for me, I know they've they've sort of dropped a couple of points recently in the point against Southampton and stuff like that. But for me, they're the most devastating team going forward that I've seen in this project restart. That the pace and the power they, they, they've got, and I'm so happy we won last night so we, have, we can go into this game enjoying it more to watch these players play. Their team is fantastic. And I've got, you've got again, you've got to give Solskjaer a lot of credit for what he's done now. Um, they're a, they're a team I'm really looking forward to watching play on on Wednesday night, and I, I don't think I don't think we get anything from it. But I'm not I'm not totally against that of us getting anything from it either. Um, let's go to you, Mick. Your thoughts on United? Yeah, I think you've said it there. That since the restart, they've been fantastic, and yeah, they dropped two points against Southampton with a late goal. So the thing about this Man United side is going forward, they are devastating, as you said. So you've got that front sort of five essentially now because if you you Pogba's sort of in that floating role between defense and attack and while Matic or McTominay or someone's more of a holding role so you've got Pogba 
Martial, Rashford, Fernandez, and Greenwood like that is on the, their current form. That is the the best attacking unit in the Premier League. Greenwood scoring goals for fun. Martial and Rashford are getting goals. Fernandez is just pulling strings all over the place. Like he since he um, came Revelation. into the Premier League. Since he, uh, yeah, since, since he signed, he's had the most goal contributions in the league in terms of he goals and assists. He hasn't played against Rice yet. <laughs> it's uh, a big shout. If he, for, that's a big, big game for Rice, and it's an interesting game for Rice. Yeah, if he can, if he can put in a good performance here and keep him quiet, I'd be very, very impressed. Um, but the other thing about this Man United side is they have, they can leak goals. Like, I, I, I disagree yeah. with you there, but I'll, I'll talk about that when I come on to it. I think. Bowen against Shaw is a good matchup for us. I think that's their weakest point, I think. Shaw's that. injured as well, apparently. Is he? Be Williams. Williams potentially backs. He's got a gas to the head. Who's right. their, who's their um, left back cover? Williams. Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams. He, yeah. Yeah. I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so, so he's potentially in. So Bowen's definitely got to go on one of them. Yeah. And you got you, you, the other thing is as well, they've got, Maguire, he's a good defender, but he's got a mistake in him. De Gea isn't the goalkeeper he used to be. Uh, Wambasaka, I really like. I think he's a good defender, so it's going to be difficult for whoever's playing for us on the left. Yeah, Wambasaka's uh, quality. He is. I'd be putting Anderson up against him. Yeah, Ooh, I think. So I think you've got to go Anderson up against. I, I him. do think Wambasaka would have him in his pocket though, because he. I just do. So Wambasaka for me is England's best defending right back. Defensively, yeah, I completely yeah. agree with you. But I mean, he's he's not as good going forward as you yeah, like. Trent gets and... that, uh, halfway line, it's like he gets scared and doesn't know what to do. But yeah, although he did, he, uh, I've got him in my fantasy team. He's got me a couple of assists since the restart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, so like you can get at them, and it's not impossible that you can get something from them, as Southampton has shown. But it's going to be a very hard game. And as Daryl said, I'm glad we got that win last night because actually it will be quite an enjoyable game. Like. Yeah. I wouldn't care if they tear us apart, to be honest with you. We can enjoy the game instead yeah, of... Yeah, there's no stress and worry about it. You can yeah, go I'm looking forward to watching these players play. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing just a few different performances. Just, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how good a game Rice will have against Fernandes. I'm looking forward to seeing how well uh, Bowen does against uh, their left-back. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing also if... In a in a game against someone like United that have got quite a well, Maguire's quite a big lad, isn't he? How how he'll cope with our deliveries in the box because he likes to get his head on everything, Maguire, and it'd be interesting to see if Suchet can get one over him. Oh, slabbed Maguire. Does um does he change it around for Wednesday night? Does he play um? Does he play Haller? Does he give Haller a start? Does he does he does he mix it up? Big 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 question. I think regarding changing it up, I think I think you can afford to probably make substitutions a bit earlier. That's forget, forget subs. I'm talking starting lineup. Does starting you... lineup. I think you keep um, it. I don't think you've you've just got back to back wins and yeah, the only who, change. Who do you change? Uh is change. in the I don't think you can change it. Like this team is working at the well, moment. Be, if I was playing in that team at one back to back, I'd be disappointed. If I was playing the left. I, think... I don't. I don't think you change Antonio though. He scored five goals in his last two games. I like, agree. Yeah, I just think. Seven since... 
I think if you're going to make any change, that would be it. But I just think you've won back-to-back games. And they've got another four or five days rest between these two games. So Mm. I just think unless you've got any more fitness worries, go same again. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. And I wouldn't change it personally apart from Anderson for four now. Even then, I wouldn't. I'd only do it if he's 100% fit. Like, I wouldn't rush to get him out there. I think he... Look, let's be. I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I really like Man U. I think I, I think Man U are one of the best teams in the country. I, I, I even at the start of the season, I had a bet with my friend that Chelsea will finish lower than uh, Man U. So I really hope that happens. Um, I, I just think Man U are really well set up to really become a really good side. Yeah, I think a bit of a sleeping giant. I well, he goes mentioned their defence, and I was looking it up. Uh, they've got the second best defence in the league, joint with Man City and Sheffield United. Uh, going mistake, forward, I just look. At, I just look at them and think there's a mistake waiting to happen now. See, I look at them and I think if they can look, Matich has been good recently. But if they can get a holding midfielder in and a new left back and maybe a centre half depth, I really think there's a team here that yeah, the stats don't like holding could become a title challenge uh, in the next couple of years. They're third favourites for the title next year. I don't think they're quite there yet, but I do think they're definitely going to push for that second spot. Greenwood will have a couple more years under him. He's a striker that's playing right wing at the moment. Eventually, he'll be playing up top and scoring goals for fun. Because I have to admit, I wouldn't sign Sancho if I was Man U. As good as Sancho is... The second you sign Sancho, you're taking minutes away from Mason Greenwood. It's that thing. But I, I think we'll lose because I think, man, you were really decent. But I'm, as I say, I agree with Higo. I'm just going to enjoy it, have a few beers and actually not worry about it. My, so bet, my bet for the game would be Martial anytime. Loves a goal against us. Yes, I, I'd agree. He scored, made- uh, he scored both their goals in the last game at the bowling, didn't he? Yeah. Loves that's the result. Um, yeah, I'll take that result again without a doubt. Um, <laughs> this, so this kind of predictions um, for the game. Um, obviously, I'm going to predict us to lose again, so we win. Uh, that is the way I seem to do things at the moment. So I'm actually going to go. I'm not going to go as big as what it as what um, maybe others think it might be. I'm going to go with a two-one loss. I think we score, and I think we score first, and then they come back and uh, do the business over us late. It'll be another losing points from a winning position. Yeah, I, I back that. I'm I'm the same result. I was going to say two one, maybe different outcome. But now you've said that, kind of, I could see that happening as well. So, yeah, two one for me as well. I'm not going to copy you, but I do think we'll lose. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil. I think they'll. I don't think we'll score. I think they'll be good. Yeah, two nil. But I'm saying now, and I'm not actually disappointed because we're we're safe, man. You're decent. We always seem to score at, um, against United. We always seem to get sort of one. I think we're going to win four nil recently, haven't we? Four nil. No, uh, I'm going to go with a three-one Man U win. I like how we're all predicting losses, and we all don't care because we're safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, safe. we're in the yeah. The thing is, and, and by the time that game kicks off, we could very well be mathematically safe. Right, yeah. let's, let's get the most important thing sorted. Mick, you better be going around your folks again. And Daryl, you better be going around yours as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> said it would have been my fault if we lost because I didn't watch the game with him again. So I've instantly just thrown that out of the ha- uh, pan. So I've just got to go down the inn on my own and watch it. In, in our last few games against United, um, so we beat them earlier on the season 2-0. Uh, we lost 2-1 to United uh, at United last year. Um, and we beat them 3-1 at home last year. That was the Anderson little cheeky flick goal. Yeah. Um, and the 2-1 defeat, we were really unlucky last year. Yeah, we were. apart. Different then, Man U side now, though, isn't it? Yeah, and then the three before that we hadn't scored. So we seem to we seem to get a couple of goals against United. I fancy us I fancy us to score definitely. And I actually fan, I think Bowen's due one. Bowen's due a goal. So I'm gonna go Bowen to score and us to lose two one. Um but that's that's the pod today. Um I'm buzzing that we're we're not quite mathematically safe. Oh, just say it now. Just say it. I'm buzzing that we're pretty much there. Say just it. Say it. I'm not gonna say it. Say it. I'm say it because United could easily beat a seven nil. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, isn't it? <laughs> so I've seen that happen before. Yeah. Uh, especially with Cresswell against Greenwood. Gre- uh, Greenwood's going to score nine. Um, so I'm not going to say it yet, but we're pretty much there, and we're pretty much a Premier League side again for next year. That's the pod this week. We'll have the one before Watford. We'll try and get that out ASAP, uh, and then we'll have an end of season review. Uh, and then we'll go from there for next year. So the last thing I can say is thank you, boys, for joining me again. And come on, your irons. Come on, your irons. Come on, your irons. Can't keep it out. Winston Reid is the man. And West Ham lead for the second time tonight. There is a fifth goal and it's theirs. Well, I wondered if that was an own goal because of how David De Gea reacted. He just couldn't get his body in the way. For somebody of his reactions and agility, it must have come at him so quickly. But he's Winston Reid, who just gets a solid connection on it. 